is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon Joe, my host, Nick and Dan. And gentlemen, we are here, episode 69, Wolves match review. <sighs> All three points, baby. It's going to be a good one, Dan. Why the, why the frown? Everyone, yeah, they can't see him on Zoom. He's just head in hands, upset. Nice. It's a nice day. <laughs> it's a nice day. It's a nice day. Oh, Mr. Rogers, chill out, man. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Celebratory mood, Dan. Pop the bubbly. Uh, Diego Costa is back, which seemed to be a bigger talking point than I thought it was going to be, but I should have known better. Uh, so in this one, we're going to be chatting about Potter's plans. Start to produce performances. Got to love the peas popping in the microphone, Dan. Cobham continues to cook and checking in across the league. And what comes next for Chelsea, a.k.a. Milan, away on Tuesday? <laughs> it's going to be quick. So, uh, Dan, as always, the temperature check on the three-word match review uh, coming from our friends at Bird Dogs. Well, yeah, we, we had a lot of good ones. Again, W's, dubs, and through a match review is just yeah, they're always good. Uh, Mr. Thurman with Keppa can Aretha Balaga again. Ball Ariza Balagan. Like that's Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's, how, that's it doesn't read off the tongue well. Ball um, again. He's he's back though. That's what yeah. say. <laughs> uh, Shane with the Trev quietly fantastic plus with the quite good Potter and a little bit of a uh <laughs> McGonagall. Uh, yeah. Professor McGonagall gif accompanying it. Jesse with the Cobham cooking today. Our good friend Sam with Roadrunners out with Coyotes. Uh, Evan McCarthy, who just got back to the UK from celebrating, I think, a pretty fantastic uh, honeymoon with three goals again. Adi with the, the backups plan. Tana with formation, rotation, domination. Rob with the Slal Shevchenko scores. Dan Burns with the <laughs> Wolver hampered by Potter. And then Brad with the It's Fun Again. Yeah, huge shout out again to uh, our sponsor of the three-word match review, Bird Dogs. Head to birddogs.com. Use our promo code CHELSEA for a free hat. Again, we haven't had a sponsor like this in a while. Usually it's the ad reads, but they wanted to integrate at a better level. So if you could, again, just go at least check out the website in the three-word match review. We always link it to, again, birddogs.com, promo code CHELSEA. I love it. I'm actually wearing the shorts right now. I'm going to wear the khaki joggers uh, to the game later. They are phenomenal. Dan, I'm assuming you like your stuff. Yeah, it's great. It's all great stuff. It's good quality. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> Blame FedEx. They didn't get you yeah. your shit. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. I assume it's fantastic, though. I will go off of your recommendation that it is all quality well, material. I, look, he, he is just green with envy right now. He's not a blue right now. He is absolutely jade with the way that he looks on this call. Yeah, well, definitely. I, I promise you, you won't be disappointed if you're looking for a new commuter pant uh, or just sweats. They are, they're so comfortable. Birddogs.com, uh, promo code CHELSEA. Uh, help us help you. All right, ours, I am totally ripping mine off. Uh, I'm taking the selfie in the back of the cab with Mason Mount throwing up the deuces. He says, big bridge energy. Gotta love it. Why do my own work when I can just use Mason's? Par for the course with you these days. But uh, look, uh, the... There, there was a lot of like celebratory posting after that. Were you guys a little surprised by that? <laughs> a lot of like, I don't know, little deuce signs everywhere. Little, little people are happy. You know, it's good, well, yeah. man. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm have this question loaded for you later that we'll touch on. But uh, yeah. yeah, all right, <laughs> it's <Fair> coming. <laughs> what was yours, Nick? Go ahead. Oh, I, I <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a little, uh, a little shot at my own NFL team with Let Cobham Cook. 
Let them cook, Dan. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully they're not cooking danger witches. That's uh, that's not what we need right now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's spicy. Um, <laughs> I went with the tamed dire wolves. A little Game of Thrones love there as well. Oh, like of course, that. yeah. Yeah, Brent got that one. 100%. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Knows all the significance about it. It's, oh, it's great. That is great. Uh, huge <laughs> shout outs to, uh, to, to Rudy, who joined us on Patreon. We're excited to have you in the Discord. Hopefully, you were there in time for the match as we we're taking it all in minute by minute. Uh, and then, Dan, Apple Podcasts and Spotify doubling down. Well, look, we, we had a lot of really, really fantastic love from uh, Coolbees007 from Norway, Gareth from uh, the U.S., and then uh, Sunrup from Texas uh, in the U.S. Uh, you know, it's almost like its own nation. Um, all leaving wonderful five-star views on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we also then are, uh, again, we are past 1,500 reviews on Spotify with 4.9, Nick. And I, I think you want to put a little call to action there because I think you're you're actually unhappy with that. I, I'm happy, but I think that we have room to grow. I'm happy because we have more five-star reviews on Spotify than Men in Blazers, Sky Sports Football Podcast, The Athletic Football Podcast, The Two Robbies from NBC, BBC Football Daily, Totally Football Show, and Stadio from The Ringer. There's a lot that is that, that we're doing well there. But ESPN FC is in our sights now, and they're, they're at 1,900. So we got to just push the envelope. They're... They're one of the last dominoes that we have to fall. Well, you want to tell Craig Burley what you really think about him? What you really fucking think about the guy? Go leave a five-star review <laughs> on Spotify right now for this show. And then maybe, if you're feeling up to it, review Bomb ESPN FC. Look, y- you have to listen to five seconds. Come on. I like I like how Dan is always giving like the parent warning when Nick and I talk and then he like ESPN is what gets him to drop the F bomb. Like of all things, uh, what I would say is cross promo here. If you're on Spotify, go leave the Apple five star. And if you've done the Apple five star, head over to Spotify just real quick. And then you go back to your podcast player of preference. Uh, we love being able to kind of uh, tout the fact that our fans are much more lovely uh, than towards us than the other shows. So, uh, anyways, it is time to jump into the match details as Dan frantically types here. We are taking on the Wolverhampton Wanderers, the Wolves, uh, this past Saturday, the 8th of October in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. That's right. Big Bridge Energy from Mason. In case you missed it, Chelsea 3, Wolves nil. Goals coming from Kai Havertz right before halftime in stoppage time in the 45th minute. Uh, Christian Pulisic right on the other side of halftime in the 54th minute. And Armando Broya in the 89th minute. Out there, Mason with the double assist and, Mako- and Mateo Kovacic with the uh, pretty simple through ball uh, yep. to Broya uh, to, to round that one out. So we're going to kick it over to the Chelsea FC fifth stand app, the official app from the club. They let us use the highlights, so if you haven't downloaded it, make sure you do it. Uh, turns out they only put content exclusively on there. A lot of times it doesn't even reach Twitter or the website. So go make sure you download it if you haven't. Here we go. He's Mason Mount, he's got a bit of space as well, and he's laid it off for Conor Gallagher, will have a go. And he doesn't miss by much as he looks to make it two goals in two Premier League games. Jorginho coming onto it, and Sars turned it back out to Havertz. It'll come for Azpilicueta, maybe for Gallagher. Back with Havertz again. Semedo able to take it from him. And this is the odd one. Here comes Moutinho, good save from Kepa. Had a decent view of it, but he's got it away from danger, crucially. Pulisic. Going for goal again, Christian Pulisic, and that time he draws a great save from Jose Sartre. Terrific effort. Chalaber. Nicely for Mount. 
Ball in toward Havertz. Yeah. Right on half time. Kai Havertz gives Chelsea the lead. Beautifully flighted delivery for him. And Havertz loops his header over Jose Sarr to make it Chelsea 1, Wolves nothing. Now motoring. Pulisic with him. Havertz through the middle. Pulisic up against Semedo. His mount. Oh, he's done brilliantly to work that back to Pulisic. And he'll make it too. Lifted it over the goalkeeper. Beautiful finish from Christian Pulisic. And Chelsea have some breathing space. A really well-crafted goal. The game just sort of peters out, doesn't it, to a situation where we take... Oh, is he onside? Royer. Can he make room for a shot here? Armando Breuer! Yeah! Brilliant! His first Chelsea goal, and it's a beauty. Armando Breuer caps off the afternoon, stroked it into the bottom corner, had to be right into the corner to get it beyond the despairing dive of Saar. All right, then on the flip side of that one, Dan, now that we heard how it went, how did we get there? Lineups, formations, good luck predicting what Graham Potter's going to do. Well, was keep Kepa Aretha Blaga between the sticks, Trev Chalba, Koulibaly, Azpilicueta, and Kukurea as your defenders. And then you saw Jorginho and Rulof cheek along with uh, Christian Pulisic, Mason Mount, Connor Gallagher. Again, what is this midfield? What is it? What's going on here? Who's the wingbacks? Who's the midfield? Who's playing the six? Who's playing the eight? You don't know because it moves around a whole ton. Uh, you got Christian Pulisic running way, way forward. And then you had Kai Havertz uh, technically as the top striker, but he moved around a lot as well. Uh, Edouard Mendy, Ben Chilwell, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and Raheem Sterling, unused subs. And Broya, we did mention, along with Chuck Wameka, Ziyech, Kovacic, and uh, Reese James all coming off the bench in this one. I mean, everyone's saying it was like a 3-4-2-1 for the match, Nick. 4-3-3, is what I think it ended up being officially. Obviously, when subs come, some things move around a little bit. Uh, but also, any surprise that uh, out of seven changes being made, what were the odds that Keppel would have been on the team sheet again and not having been one of those changes? <laughs> no, I mean, he's, he's earned it. Mendy's not, you know, 100% fit yet, although it's good to see him back on the bench. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, part of the part of the deal yesterday was just the rest for some of the key contributors from the midweek, right? And like we've said multiple times, you have nine games in one month. You're going to see a lot of rotation because, you know, a lot of these guys are going to play in the World Cup. A lot of these guys want to stay healthy. And, you know, when you're playing teams that don't have European football midweek, they're going to be a lot fresher than you are. So the rotation was really good yesterday and everyone who was rotated in stepped up and played well. It's exactly it. Uh, and, you know, we'll get into a little bit more, but you need depth if you want to go deep in competitions and be a big team. So uh, some of the high level stats from this one, Chelsea with 57 percent possession. Uh, we had 20 shots, seven on target which was better in the second half. I think 15 of those shots came in the first half, just for you keeping track at home. Um, Wolves had eight shots, only two on target, which was good. Uh, we had 26 tackles to their 13. We were just all over them, not giving them any room to breathe. Uh, we had 12 clearances to their 17, four corners to their two, a few offsides for us, a couple cautions for us, and then eight fouls conceded a piece. So uh, then the XG had us pegged at 1.69 to 0.96. Again, it's a bit of a delicacy, a bit of a, a luxury, Dan, right now that we're continuing to outperform XG. But what we need to do is continue to walk it up as close as we can to a 2.0 XG. 
kind of put this on Twitter. Man City are the only team above a 2 XG right now for this season. The next few teams are actually Arsenal, Liverpool, and Newcastle. Chelsea, we're definitely mid-table in the XG right now. Well, yeah, it, it is the thing that a if you want to be elite... Not only do you need to have a high XG, but you also need to uh, your your actual goals relative to your expected should start to line up uh, pretty nicely as well. And even if you underperform a high XG, um, you know you're, you're probably doing all right too. You're creating the chances exactly. What what I think really matters here, though, um, because I again XG and blows my mind because I use my eyes to watch the game. Uh, is I, I want to see us get a 35%. And this is my number for the rest of the season. 35% of our shots are on target. Uh, yeah, one, I think one out of three is very reasonable. We, we, we have been 15%, 20% early this season, not even getting up that high. Like So the fact that you know we were around 30-ish percent yesterday was good, a little higher maybe, but I... I I really hope that through the end of the year that we get somewhere around there or higher because I think this team, once they get into a 30, 34, 35, even up to 40% shots on target, we're probably scoring two, three goals a game. So our shots on target in the league this season, uh, the percent is 30.4. So we, with this match, we've trended upward and our opponent mm-hmm. total is actually 41.6. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, even though they've had 32 total shots on target off of 77 shots and we've had 31 shots on target off of 102. So you can see that we've you know started yep. to create volume, but it's about as that volume continues to increase. How do you make sure that those remain on target? Agreed. And I would say that when this one, we had like almost 10 of them or off target completely. It wasn't they were mm-hmm. blocked or anything like that, too. So, again, uh, definitely some things that we can tweak, but something to keep an eye on. I would say that Wolves had almost a 1.0 XG off two shots on goal. So uh, something to keep an eye on. We, again, are hoping for the 0.5 mark on that. So we'll, we'll just keep an eye on it. But anyways, uh, wrap up before we jump into it all is the env- Envpet shithouse moment of the match. And apparently this one's pretty straightforward for you. We're still struggling. It's just, it's just my initials and patented eye tests. That's the envy pet. Okay, uh, yeah. So uh, Diego Costa doing a lap of honor uh, in the whatever seventieth minute uh, during the middle of the game uh, for no apparent reason whatsoever. He actually could have gone off on the on the uh, near side, decided to go off on the far side and do the lap to get his flowers to to force people to clap for him was. Was a little it was fascinating. I, it just it was. I it, I know how I felt as a Chelsea fan because we were up and we were comfortably winning, and it, I laughed out loud. It was actually pretty funny. I don't know how I would have felt if I was a Wolves fan <laughs> in that moment where like you didn't contribute at all, didn't really have a chance to, and you're you're going to get flowers from the opposition team's fans. It's a little a little strange, a little strange. You knew what you were getting when you signed him, right? Like this was uh, never going to be straightforward. He's 34, hadn't played in seven months. Like, <laughs> good for yeah, you, Wolves. He, he, dude, he's rocking his main character energy the whole match. He had a chance to really enjoy himself. He got some very good plaudits from the Chelsea supporters. Again, I don't know how enthusiastic the the applause would have been if we were losing or if the match was in the bounce, but because of the 
you know, just I think general nature of the game and everybody was in a good mood that I really don't think that there was anything within it other than an opportunity to say, hey, thanks for being part of, you know, some titles and some trophies. And we appreciate that. And, you know, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I took the other side of this. Like, I thought the whole Diego simping thing this week was a little much for my taste, especially after how poorly the relationship ended there. I think people are sat having... at a bar in Brazil, refusing <laughs> to sh- turn up for preseason in an Atletico Madrid kit. That ending. Yeah, that that's the Obviously, one. Conte um, was not a helper in that situation. Sure. But... Wasn't no. <laughs> the, and the fact that those two only lasted one season makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it? Um, but you know, I think, I don't know, like clearly he was a fantastic player for us. Like this is not me slagging him off as a player or whatever. I just think, there are some ways for, for people to leave that makes that sort of treatment a lot more tolerable to me. And I think people are having a little bit of selective memory when it comes to him because he was such a big figure and big personality. That's all. He's a fantastic player. And I, we certainly have podcasts where I tout his abilities uh, before. So Yeah, they, they were definitely on display. Everyone missing uh, that iconic striker. But uh, yeah, there's definitely good Diego, bad Diego, which we always uh, saw. <laughs> so anyways, we're going to take a quick ad break. When we're back, though, we're jumping right into Potter's plan and start to produce performances. So thank you to the sponsors for supporting our show financially. We will be right back. All right, Dan packed in so many P's in one sentence. I'm just going to skip it again and say, hey, Potter's tactics are starting to work because that's just easier for my brain to get through. Uh, attackers are scoring. Defenders are defending. All according to plan is the prompt we have here. Uh, love the McLaughbot uh, pass map in here. Even look at some of the passes from the, the outfield players as well. And kind of what I wanted to preempt you, Nick, with this one was realistically, obviously you are not a big fan of how things were going at the beginning of the season. Are you surprised, or is this one of the biggest turnarounds we've ever seen on a dime since essentially Antonio Conte switching to a back three in the second half of Arsenal? Um, I, I don't know if I'm surprised. You know, I think clearly Potter has a different way of playing football than Thomas Tuchel did. Uh, and if you paid attention to Brighton at all earlier this season when he was there, like you see a lot of... Some you know a lot of good stuff between the two teams and the way they they performed. Um, I think it this is still going to take time to to fully gel. I mean, I think we're seeing some early returns on that front, and it's exciting. I love the way the team is a lot more unpredictable in attack. I think I said that against Milan. It feels like there is no set passing pattern. It feels like anyone could be anywhere. It feels like if you're in one of those attacking roles that you could pop up in any position on the field. And if the opposition isn't ready, that they could really struggle to cope. Um, so I think there's a lot more inventiveness. I don't know if that's the right word invention uh, on, from the offensive perspective. I don't know if it, you know, I don't know how quickly it will take teams to adapt to us. Right. Cause right now we're, we're kind of showing them the first look Dan of, of what this could be. And my hope is that, you know, at the end of two goals time, it got very predictable, right? Passing patterns were incredibly predictable. The players in positions were incredibly predictable. I don't know how long it will take other teams to adapt to what we do. And then if we have another card to play in, in the deck after that, I think that's the thing I'm most curious about. But it sure feels a heck of a lot more energized and exciting than it was. I think it does help that we went up against a Wolves team that just sacked their manager. They're very bad. Not instilled their new manager yet so you had the 
there was no new manager balance to be had because it was the interim managers. Interim managers really don't get the new manager balance the same mm-hmm. way that a, an actual new manager does. Then you run into the fact that Chelsea are in a situation where we just came off a, a good vibes win in the midweek against Milan. And so I think that plays a part. This team has always, when the, t- the tide is high and when the vibes are good, this team usually can carry that momentum, particularly against a team that really just wanted to come and see if they could nick a point and walk away with a draw or something to salvage their, their you know their current status. And that was not in the cards for this team at all. So I think in general, this team feels like we're starting to experiment. Some of the experiments are paying off. It's not all consistent. There was that first 30-plus minutes or so where people were getting, I think, frustrated because we were making opportunities, but we weren't necessarily converting them. And a lot of that is just building the comfort with this team, still understanding the way that Potter wants us to play, Brandon, and getting to a point where the players instinctively know where they want to go, where they want to be going to go and achieve the result that we're looking to get, which we we got on the day. Wolves were not good. Can confirm. Uh, I'm looking at the past map here from the McLockbot that we retweeted out. I know I did personally. Um, Shout out to Dimitri again for keeping this thing up and running when his internet actually works (laughs) as he is fighting (laughs) his ISP. Um, what we're seeing is Chelsea are far more advanced in the pitch, uh, a much, much better shape, a lot of progressive passes in this one with a very obvious center forward leading the line with passes coming in. Uh, one funny thing is that uh, right back Reese James was far ahead of our right wing or whatever behind the front three that you want to want to point it out. He, he was so advanced. Uh, and then you had Aspie. Uh, pushing up to support him as well. There wasn't a big gap. And then Koulibaly ended up almost as a sweeper at times for this team. The only thing I nitpick is it scares the hell out of me. They were leaving Jorginho as the last man back in the midfield uh, to protect Koulibaly and Aspie. Uh, We definitely got countered at times yesterday. And I think that that's the most obvious position of need that that Chelsea are trying to solve, whether it be short-term or long-term. And this is, I, I don't know if Zakaria is even, maybe he's been on the bench once this season. For whatever reason, we finally got a double interview, him, uh, Naz, and Adam Newson putting out Zakaria interviews. But like, we haven't seen or heard anything from this guy. And he was supposed to come in, obviously a deadline day loan, uh, for cover for N'Golo or as a defensive mid. And I'm just like concerned that he's just a name on a roster and not actually like present at all. Well, when you have Chuck Omeka coming in and getting an opportunity to pick up some minutes at the end of the game, uh, that would have felt like an opportunity uh, to give other players minutes, uh, maybe who have come in. But also you have one of those players on a permanent contract and other players on a loan. Zakari's so, not even on the bench. <laughs> like He's not even involved at all. So that's your point, right? They're clearly prioritizing other players. I'm just yeah. a- I'm just surprised. That's all. Like, I, I guess I'm not trying to like make that the, the whole point because we have players like Mountain Pulisic who we should talk about today, which were far more impactful because they're actually on the yep. squad in the game. Unlike well, Zicario. We should talk about the fact that the internet has told me, Nick, the internet has told me many things. Wikipedia is mm. a great resource. I learned so mm-hmm. much about movies and culture. You know, <laughs> a rabbit hole there. But the internet's also told me that Mason Mountain, Christian Pulisic can't exist in the same starting 11. And I feel like that was something 
I, I was just blown away because it because it, it did happen in this game. They were on the pitch at the same time. They worked together. They produced the goal together. I, I just I don't know. I, I'm I'm having some moments of, of self doubt that what I read on the internet wasn't true. Now, Dan, I I see I see your point. Um, would you also be shocked to learn that they passed the ball to each other a number of times? No, 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 no. That okay. I don't believe it. Okay, so it, it actually did happen. Um, and you know, on, on a serious note, I mean, Mason was fantastic yesterday. Like, it, really good. He was good against Milan. He was even better against Wolves. Uh, I mean, he was popping up all over the place. There was no set position for him yesterday. He wasn't stuck on the right or on the left. He was kind of a floater in midfield. Felt like very much like a number eight or a number 10. I str- you know, struggled to say who plays what position these days, really, but... Uh, it felt like he was just kind of around. Same with Connor. Pulisic was kind of like a wingback winger situation that really existed on the left, which we know suits his strengths the best. And yeah, they combined for a really good goal. But I think some of the other passing movement and the chances that were created due to some overlaps was was massive. And again, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, Brandon, about the flow. Like the, the team is is finding new areas to attack from. And I think if you've played Chelsea, you know, during the Tuchel era, you knew exactly where the crosses were coming in from. You knew exactly, you know, where the passing patterns were. And so to see, you know, Connor Gallagher pop up and Mason pop up in about the same area and then Pulisic's kind of left alone and it's your far, far post runner for a cross, it's a little different. And and I, I like that. Uh, look, the effort from Mason to find Christian on that give and go uh, was magnificent. Pass. You know, he was turned, had his back to him, and then cut it back at a really sharp, sharp angle. And then Christian getting his touch uh, forward so he could create separation of the defender. And then a nice chip with his weak foot uh, into the... Uh, and he hit it with pace as well, so the defender that was going to the goal line to cover could not get there as well. So again, like all around, those two were very lively. You know, I think there's a lot of frustration, Dan, that you probably read on the internet in the first half, which is because... He should have scored. Like, Christian could have, should have scored one in the first half for sure. You know, thank gosh we got the one from Kai. You know, Mason, again, they were so involved. I think that was everyone's biggest frustration is we were just upset that we hadn't gotten that goal. But again, I have to remind everybody, Pulisic has not had a lot of minutes, you know, this season. Connors had limited minutes. Um, you know, Aspies had limited minutes. Koulibaly even's had some limited minutes. So a lot of There's a lot of rotation you know, Kukure coming in off of sickness, seven changes. Trevo is in there. Uh, Ruben with the start. And so for these players, not really have played a lot, but to have that much attacking, like just just force and like constantly berating the goal, I thought was so impressive because again, this isn't two, three months into the season where these this is like our standard eleven. They're clicking. This was guys coming off the training pitch at Cobham onto the the pitch at Sanford Bridge and immediately implementing exactly what Potter said. I was so thrilled. Again, Mason's just number game by numbers real quick. 100% aerial duels, one, 87% pass accuracy, 52 touches, five key passes, three of his four crosses completed. Obviously, one to Kai Havertz for the goal. Two assists, incredible performance, fire emoji. I concur. I mean, yes, in summary, all of that works perfectly fine. And I think the context piece that you added there, that this is effectively a preseason for this squad still where they are playing live games and they're producing a result while figuring out how they want to play while figuring out how they want to transition to different formations or try different rotations or different passing patterns and getting results 
in the Champions League and the Premier League back to back to back is a really fantastic place to be coming off of a break that felt so long because of the way we entered into that break. And for this to be effectively the palate cleanser heading into the busiest month and two weeks effectively before the start of the World Cup is... Yeah, everyone's going to need to be involved, Nick. And I mean, I think that speaks to the the defense as well, you know, because not only was it the attackers, but like Asby, Koulibaly, people were stepping up across the, the entirety of the pitch. Yeah, I mean, just to shout, Mason, again, the cross to Kai was utterly fantastic. Like if you saw the behind Mason angle of that ball, unreal. Uh, <clears throat> there were a lot of great balls played in, specifically by Asby in the first half, who I thought was, you know, Peppery. rolled back the rolled back the years a little bit um, should have had many assist Pilacuetas in, in the first half. Um, I mean, there just was really good movement. And, and there, again, if you can count on like an Aspie, a guy who admittedly, I think, you know, we, we have said this before, like maybe it's not playing at his peak anymore, but if you can have him in like once every three or four games come in and give you that much effort and enthusiasm and assisting, <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was great. And, uh, you know, I don't think many people expected that, frankly. I think a lot of people were looking at that like, where the hell has this guy been for the last few months? Well, he's not an everyday player anymore, you know? Look, you need to be able to make seven changes and beat the 18th team in the table. And that's exactly what Chelsea did. So good on yeah. Graham for getting these guys serious minutes. Again, he's also evaluating them. Can he trust them? Can he not? If he puts them in situations, can they step up? You know, Aspie was obviously really good. Uh, Christian Pulisic is now the third American to score 20 Premier League goals. Uh, I'm guessing Brian McBride and Clint Dempsey are the other two. That would be my very safe bet that it's not Casey Keller <laughs> or any no, of the Tim Howard. <laughs> I don't ever think Weggerly got there. So, uh, Anyways, that's coming from the Premier League USA account. Uh, but continuing on to Aspie and the Koulibaly, because those are actually probably like the two that from the eye test stood out. I know Shane said quietly about Trevor having a good match, which he did. Uh, but Squawk had treated Koulibaly's game by numbers, which are also excellent. 100% tackles made, most duels won with nine, most tackles made with five, most aerial duels won with four. Eight times he won possession, had four clearances, he was never beaten on the dribble, and he didn't foul a single player. The wall from Senegal. You gotta love it, Dan, the wall from Senegal. Well, playing in a you know central slash left position at, at times kind of throughout the match um, in general. Like, uh, I thought this was... A composed performance. I don't think really we actually the the Wolves team did not press forward too often, and when it did, I mean you were effectively you know one on one or you know two v one attacker type of situation, and so I I don't feel like our, our defenders had a lot to do, but in general, when called upon, they all stood up. They all were good value on the day, and I don't know. It felt felt good. Are we sure about the zero fouls number? From Squawker, because I'm pretty sure he had two fouls in the first like five minutes of the game. I think that was Milan, where he just mm. whacked people twice. Mm. I don't think so. Mm. Anyways, uh, check with Squawk. You can double check. The fact that matters, even if you take out the the zero fouls, uh, still really, really good on the day. Uh, you know, he's kind of, I don't want to say falling out of favor. Right? His minutes have been limited under Potter. But again, there's a lot of different things that Graham has been having to take into consideration at a very quick uh, pace, obviously losing the players to international break did not make his job any yeah. easier. But again, to Dan's earlier point that you can bring these players in 
rely on them. They can perform, albeit a relegation zone Wolves right now, it is the confidence that also these players need. And now Graham's going to be way more likely to play them in other parts of the season when they're needed. It's going to keep them confidence. You, you know, Akula Bali, a big name signing. He's not going to be happy if he's not playing serious minutes. Uh, yeah. And this is him showing the the gaffer that he can be relied upon. He, he We can't play Tiago Silva every match. We need Tiago Silva for big occasions. Tuesday is one of those occasions. Right. So if he's healthy, right, he had a cold yeah. this weekend. They kept him out of even the bench this week to make sure that he could be healthy enough for hopefully Tuesday. But if not, this probably fills you with some confidence that, you know, you obviously have Trev who's done well and you have yep. cool Bali who's, you know, are rolling consecutive strong performances back to back to build that confidence. Yeah. I mean, it's it's good for cool ball. I mean, again, it's just it's all building winning habits. Right. And fact that you have two clean sheets on the hop after not having them for a while is fantastic and you know, i think especially happy for aspie everyone knows my love for the guy but uh he didn't have a great start to the year uh, or end of last year so would would love to see him come in and make some contributions like that this year all right you know i think we could if you guys don't mind roll on over to the fact that Cobham continues to cook Broya, Chalaba, Gallagher, Loftus-Cheek, finding some joy. And that does even include Mason, right? I mean, we got, we got more players we can even add to it. Um, Broya being the start, uh, Naz tweeting Armando Broya only touched the ball three times against wolves <laughs> and ended with a goal. That shooting oh chance that <laughs> That shooting chance had a 0.08 XG, but what a hit. And then he got the quote from the guy afterwards. Quote, it's unreal. I've been waiting for my first goal. It's a surreal moment. I can't put it into words. And quote, he said after the match. I mean, Nick, the emotion was just so big for him. Uh, uh, you know, been there since a lifelong Chelsea fan. Gets to do it at home in front of the Chelsea faithful in the Premier League. Like, it's no it's no slouch goal at all. No, it's a... It's a- not quite a laser bullet. Um, you know, I think you're the arbiter of, of what makes that that illustrious rating, uh, Brandon. But uh, it, it was a really, really well-placed goal. It had some speed on it, too, some fire on it. And I think the best part of the whole deal, Dan, for me, was the entire team went and wrapped themselves around him. Because, yeah, I think for young players, getting that, getting that first goal or getting that first big moment off of their off of their back is a, a massive step forward in their career. And the fact that he was able to do it with three touches in the game is just absurd. But I mean, we all see the talent he has, right? Like it's the guy that could be a part of the team for a long time. I, I do need to interject just really, really quickly. I did go to FB ref and they also had Koulibaly with zero fouls. So oh, he's innocent. Anyways, okay. Dan, back to you <laughs> until proven guilty. All right. Uh, I know to go who uh, who to hire if uh, I need defense in any type of situation. Brandon Busby, defender at uh, Stat. And the five fine folks at FBRF. <laughs> <laughs> Look, with uh, Broya's forward play, his aggression on and off on the ball, the, the movement to win it back, I think he talked also to Chelsea FC about how he, uh, the website and the Fistand app, about how he knew that he could find the space through with the when Kovacic got the ball and the ability to not have really played 
too intensively with a ton of these players and already start picking up that type of pattern of play the hey i know that if i'm in this space i'll be able to make i'll be able to make a run here create space for somebody get the ball and then be able to do what i need to get done it's great it's great to have someone who can push our other attackers forward right so you have a bomb yang who's pushing Havertz you have Broya who's pushing Havertz Havertz pushing himself by scoring a goal Mm -hmm. and pushing the others that is just a recipe for success Nick you need more players on the roster pushing each other for minutes to mean that this side can be competitive and operating at its best I mean it's no it's no uh coincidence that City have the deepest and most talented squad in the league and that they consistently put up seven eight and nine performances every week right? Like they're deep. And if you don't play well, you don't play. (laughs) And so it's, it's where I hope that Chelsea gets back to, you know, think back to some of our great teams that were really deep, you know, if Drogba wasn't scoring and Elka was, and then it's like, well, when's Drogba going to play again or Torres or any of these guys, right? Like I'm just really happy for him. And I think Ollie Glanville front, friend of the pod, who's been on quite a bit recently, even in our group chat said, Brandon, for for Connor to get off the off the mark last week, for Armando to get off the mark this week, it's just massive for their confidence. It's massive for them as people to come in and know they can do that part of their job because they've already done it before. Uh, and the longer that scoreless streak goes on, the more doubt creeps in. And the fact that that's out now for both of them is just fantastic. Yeah, Connor doing it in front of the home and away fans at Palace. Broya doing it in front of the the home fans. It's uh, they're they're definitely um, big milestones for the two players, and you know it, it's you put Broya on in the last 15, 20 minutes, dude's going hunting. He doesn't care if it's oh, yeah. four or nothing. He wants his oh, goal, yeah. and that's exactly what you saw. I mean, credit to him. Kovacic just passed it into his feet, right? He cut it back, teed up his defender, and just whipped it into the far post. Uh, yeah, difficult. I mean, it's inch perfect shot in that sense. But again, to have the confidence to know exactly what he wanted to do once he got the defender face to face is just is just exactly what you want to see out of a striker. So again, if you get Abamian continues on form, Sterling continues on form, Broya starts to chip in, Connor starts to chip in, Mason, like this is what we need. We need a multitude of goal scorers this season because we know that no one at Chelsea is going to bang in 25, 30 goals uh, unless we get 25, 30 penalties and Jorginho's on the pitch. I mean, that's about it. Which, you know, if the, I don't know if we have that many loyalty points, Dan, left with our with these terrible officials, but... Uh, Apparently, handball uh, is not a thing this weekend, <laughs> by the way. Dude, oh, it's brutal, man. Well, a, Absolutely brutal. a player who need not score goals but can score goals to have a successful day out is Trevo. Uh, Statman Dave breaking down Trevo's game by numbers, saying 95% pass accuracy, 87 touches, uh, 74 of 78 passes completed, 15 of his 16 final third passes completed, three clearances, two for two ground tackles, one, uh, two, I'm sorry, ground duels one, and then two for two tackles one. Impressive outing at Stanford Bridge. And again, Nick, he just does it quietly. No big fuss, no big fanfare. Uh, just goes out there and does a job. Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference with uh, Liao running at you midweek and whatever, you know, pedence for Wolves, right? You know, like, let's be fair about it. But, I mean, we've never lost when he's been in the lineup. 28 he, games, I think it is now? Yeah, well, we've never lost in, in, in regulation. Obviously, we've lost a, a penalty shootout when he was in. But, like, uh, 
the longer that streak goes, the less coincidental it becomes. Like he is incredibly good. We know that Fafana is likely to be out four plus weeks. You know, likely more scans coming on that front, Dan. But if you think about what you have in depth without Fafana, you have Trev, you have Tiago Silva, you have Koulibaly, you have Kukure who can play on that left-hand side, and who else? Who am I missing? Espilicueta. who can play the, play the RCB, or Reese that can play the RCB too. But the fact that because it was kind of a, an amorphous blob of a, of a team yesterday, you saw Trev kind of in the sweeper role a little bit more yesterday. You saw him playing forward passes a little bit more, and, and we know he has that in his bag, right? So really happy for him and just hope that he gets a really good run of games because he is very good. It should fill you with confidence. It should get you excited about mm-hmm. the future because if there's any opportunity for him to prove that he belongs, he's going to make it increasingly difficult in the remainder of this season and future seasons to place him anywhere other than in the starting 11 or as the first choice substitute when it comes to our defense. I mean, you're looking at Thiago Silva likely, you know, leaving London or leaving Chelsea probably at the end of this coming season. So it's already minus one. Maybe Aspie goes at the end of this season, uh, you know, eventually gets his move to Spain. So maybe that's two down already. So if you're going to have to look at, you know, okay, maybe bring Levi back in. Like there's, there's a lot that's going to be done with that defensive group still in the construction of it. And to have Trev as a part of that is a really, really great and special thing, Brandon. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, again, I think that Trev is, is for obvious reasons, fan favorite. We feel like he's probably been, um, you know, mis mismanaged at times, especially under Tuchel, played him and then froze him out. Uh, he's back. Graham Potter's obviously going to give him um, some chances. Uh, I like with Trevor. I, I don't really, he hasn't really done anything wrong. I think it's kind of our MO no matter what. So like anytime he gets frozen or left out, we all sit here and go, why? I mean, he potentially he's going to leave in January, but uh, for Trev to come in and do a job, uh, provide depth is really good. I do think it's also probably nice to see that he's above the pecking order, uh, above Aspie in the pecking order as well. Again, if you're just thinking long-term longevity, things like that, um, you know, him holding down that center back or right center back spot is probably ideal. Uh, let Aspie provide cover for Reese on the wing and things like that. But, um, yeah, Treble, quiet, tidy, just goes about and does his business. Doesn't say much. Uh, but someone who says a lot with his hair is Connor Gallagher. My word. The flowing mm-hmm. locks. The flow. Uh, Statman Dave back again for the 16th time today. Breaking down the game by numbers. 85% pass accuracy, 73 touches, 6 ground duels, 1, including one body-to-body with Adama Traore. Uh, 5 out of 5 tackles, 1. 3 crosses completed, 3 key passes, 2 interceptions, 1 big chance created. Uh, Excellent contribution. I would say so. I think, Dan, a lot of people are are really, really happy with what Gallagher brought from an energy, uh, from a box to box, didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, You know, and to me, what really stands out, the difference that he does compared to someone like even a Mason or Jorginho or Kovacic has to be the tackle, the tenacity and the ability to like his work rate across all parts of the pitch. He's always looking to get that ball back. Um, and I feel like that's one of his better traits that we don't have in a lot of other positions. Yeah, he was he was really strong in the day. I think he is not someone that you would want to have to go up against or tussle for the ball with. And I think when it came down to 50-50 balls, when it came down to 
harassing a player, a Wolves player in possession or closing down the ball that he was very happy to say, oh, I want that. No, that's mine. I'm going to take it. It's mine now. And he, I don't know, he, he, I feel like he plays a little bigger than he is. Like he plays mm-hmm. like a bully. And <laughs> I know if he's got the, the build of it, uh, of the traditional like midfield bully, Nick, but he definitely comes across like that. And I think just how he harries the opposition and forces them into mistakes and capitalizes on those in this match in particular quite frequently. Yeah, I mean, a lot to like yesterday. Obviously, not a goal contribution, but a ton of really important running and a ton of really good link up, too. I mean, I think, you know, he played uh, conduit between uh, like RLC and Mason. I think he played conduit on the left hand side between like Kovacic and Pulisic. He kind of just popped up everywhere and uh, was an extra runner where we needed an extra runner and overlap or we need an overlap. And uh, just generally was a bit shithouse, which I really enjoy. Uh, as you guys will know, we have a whole moment dedicated to it in each show. So, uh, yeah, was very happy with his performance yesterday. And the fact that he wasn't afraid to go shoulder to shoulder with the biggest shoulders in the Premier League is uh, is not something to be ignored. Connor is growing into his role and we love to see it. Obviously, overcoming adversity, had the red card in the first half a few weeks back, came on, was a sub against Palace, scored a laser bullet game winner. Now he's coming on, <laughs> doing the dirty work, uh, playing you know, significant minutes from the start and contributing at all levels. Again, step by step for Connor. If he continues to this trajectory, he's going to be at Chelsea for a long time, filling in a lot of different roles, and we should just really, really appreciate that. Uh, and then last... Uh, we just want to take a look ahead because if you stop and blink, you will have missed two matches. I kid you not. Three away days now. We're headed to Milan, Birmingham, and Brentford. Thank gosh, Brentford is three blocks to the left of Stamford Bridge. <laughs> it's still an away day. It is just yep. the, the shortest definition of away. Um, we've had a nice, comfortable run of home matches in case you haven't considered or, or noticed that. But yeah, someone on Twitter, I apologized. Um, I could probably look it up quick, but they said, hey, their next like six matches are on the road or six of seven. We got to, you know, it'll be a new test for this team. And that's exactly it. Um, Milan is coming immediately on, on Tuesday. So the team will fly out Monday. They'll train at the San Siro and then match day. Uh, they probably had Sunday off, Nick, maybe some players in for recovery or guys without a lot of minutes or, or getting some, a little bit of fitness in. But you blink, and, and like I said, we have to take this one serious. Thank gosh Potter got to rest so many key players. Our bench was stacked today. We didn't even really talk about that fact. Obviously, he had one eye head to Milan because it's not a must win, but it's an if you win, life is so much better. Uh, especially with how tight this group is. The, like the next two matches are going to essentially define who advances. Yeah, so you you got to bring out the big guns for for Milan. And then you, know, you do have it, that extra day midweek because you play on the Tuesday to, to go to Birmingham. And then you don't play Villa until the Sunday. So you get the extra day there, which is nice. Um, but, you know, that's going to be a physical game. Villa are very bad and they're fighting for their lives. Um, so that's going to be tough. And then Brentford are kind of hot and cold right now. You don't know which Brentford you're going to get. So, you know, those three games, I mean, you really, you need to win Milan or at least get a point out of that. And then keep the good vibes going for the next two. I mean, like, 
I think if this team comes off and they start the Potter era uh, without having lost a match for the first five, six, seven, I think that builds some really crucial momentum, Dan. Um, and, you know, considering the way that United are playing, you don't really know what you're going to get with them when they when they come back to the bridge on the 22nd. Um, it's it's just going to be a bit of a weird month and a lot of teams that are a little bit of a roller coaster of emotions. Well, you have Milan who just beat Juventus, uh, not your typical Juventus side in terms of dominance, but Tamori with a goal and Diaz with a goal in the match. Um, so you you did see some of the kind of players who were out, like uh, Teo Hernandez, who made it back in that match. So I imagine some of the players, it'll be a little bit of a different look when we go to Milan midweek. And uh, actually, you know, probably within 24 to 48 hours from when this episode is being listened to or has been released. And in general, I think it will be a little bit of a tougher ask. And so... Yeah, I'm hoping that this side can continue to find the way to get it done because the the Villa side they're going up against next is is pretty pretty terrible. Um, and you would hope that maybe you uh, you skirt by uh, or you get the result versus Milan, and you can kind of start to figure out how you want to approach you know two back-to-back games that really can help you solidify some type of gap in the the top four race too you know as we picked up points on a lot of people this weekend um or we gave ourselves some healthy dif- distance and uh, it would have been nice if maybe arsenal and liverpool would have drawn but uh you know I'm, I'm okay with liverpool just you know going all the way down to not not being in any type of european qualifications for next season well the good news so i guess we can you know kind of review the all right, we'll wait. We'll do it in order. But yeah, uh, Dan in the match, and then we'll get to the results in the Premier League. Then we'll look at the table. Uh, you almost tripped me up, and I'm not going to fall for it. So Dan in the match, um, for very good reasons, has to be one of the hardest tests you've had all season. Not going to lie. Maybe in the last year plus, if we're thinking about it, you were so rattled. You were petitioning Twitter yeah, for more options, Dan. You want them to change the platform for you off one match he was full of emotion oh, okay. they're, they're probably they're probably subject to potentially lots of future changes if uh, the worst things happen um in general i uh i sent a cu- quick old, quick couple whatsapps out to my good friend uh d costa i uh, meet me you know diego c uh and we kind of <laughs> chatted about the players who should be listed and uh look it was asboqueta gallagher pulisic and mount and uh, Mason Mount with the two uh, open play assists at 52% of the vote for this one. Conor Gallagher with 30%, Asbukwata with 11 and Christian Pulisic with 7% of the poll. Uh, all would be worthy winners uh, with their performances, though, in this match. Yeah, I think this is about right. Mount was fantastic. I mean, uh, I think the fact that Asbukwata made it game. on here. His best oh, game yeah. of the season. Two, yeah, I think the, the fact that Asbukwata made it on here shows that he had a really great day out, too. All right, well, some of the other results uh, from around the league this weekend. The United match just finishing up, so the only one that we're waiting on is the uh, highly anticipated Nottingham Forest-Aston Villa matchup coming at you on Monday, Boy. which no one no one since 1905, that one. <laughs> Nobody's blocking their work calendar for that one. Uh, Newcastle 5, Brentford 1. Bournemouth 2, Leicester City 1, bad for Leicester. Uh, Man City 4, Southampton 0 continues to show us that that was a bad, 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 bad loss for Chelsea. Uh, Brighton losing to Tottenham 1-0. Um, 
kind of actually surprised it wasn't 1-1. I watched the second half of that one. West Ham 3, Fulham 1. Um, Palace 2, Leeds 1. Another bad loss, that Leeds match. Uh, Nick, I believe you said they had essentially been found out was your your conversation earlier with us. Uh, Ars- Couldn't have happened to a better group, by the way. Just... Really sad for him. Ar- you know? Arsenal three, Liverpool two, which is terrible for Liverpool. Uh, Arsenal continuing to overachieve. Um, Everton one, United two around the league. So um, to me, I think, Dan, my big surprise result is the fact that Arsenal toppled Liverpool, but Liverpool aren't doing well. Uh, the fact that Bournemouth came back to beat Leicester City is a very, very bad look uh, you for mean, them. You mean eighth place Bournemouth? Yeah. Who fucking saw that coming? They sacked by the their way. manager like, two matches in or whatever it was after they got pumped by Southampton well, nine when, nothing. Look, when the when it's two points, let's calm. Uh, when it's two points between seventh place and thirteenth place, there, there's still a lot of movement that has yet to happen or yet to transpire on this table. I'm just saying we wrote them off pretty early in the year and they're nowhere near the bottom at the beginning of the year. They're just nowhere near the bottom is all that I'm saying. And just in case you're counting at home, folks, they are two places above um, world's best team, Liverpool, uh, with world's best right back trainer Alexander Arnold. So it's, uh, you know, I don't know if you heard the sarcasm in the voice there, Dan, but they're uh, they're pretty shocking right now. Look, there's a lot to take in from this table. I would say I would have, again, if we had been able to make up ground uh, on both uh, Spurs and on Arsenal in this weekend, it would have been, I think, as perfect as you could have gotten from Chelsea. I don't think anybody stopping uh, City with the the T-1000 in the number nine slot. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this, this is, I think, starting to settle into what you might anticipate the top six to be for this season. I think you're starting to see teams settling into positions. And now with um, uh, Nunez out injured for Liverpool, like they, they look lost. I, I think it is a really bad period for them, um, which again, I'm not, I'm not too sad about. To clarify, Dan has just said the top six in no particular order will include <laughs> Arsenal city, Tottenham, Chelsea, United, and Newcastle, excluding a Liverpool from that lineup, just, just so we can go on record with that. Can, can, can I just say, I'm like, they're you, starting to settle. I'm not saying <laughs> the cement has fully formed. I, I, uh, I will just call out that even after a couple of decent wins, Chelsea only have a plus three goal diff. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's not, you know, there's, there's still some work to do on that front because. Like even Newcastle have a plus eight, Spurs have a plus ten, City are absurd. They have a plus twenty four already. <laughs> uh, you know they'll end up with a plus seventy by the end of it. It looks like, but I mean there, there's just a lot of work to do. Still, you know, or very early in the season. Of course, a couple of weeks off that we didn't anticipate there, but yeah, I mean you. As long as the the mid table teams beat up on each other, you should be in a pretty good spot. And you have to keep scoring. I also think that we'd be willing to make Liverpool a double midweek match just so we could play them right now if if we could. So <laughs> you oh, play yes. Tuesday, yeah. Thursday, and yeah. Saturday. Honestly, yeah. we would take that right yes. now. Hundred percent. Um I'm I'm really shocked that Leicester City are on four points, uh, equal with Tottenham. Or I'm sorry, Nottingham Forest. They are abysmal of all levels. Brendan Rogers. Uh, will not one keep. spent hundreds of millions of pounds, the other spent nothing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think actually Lester might have like 
earned money in this transfer window <laughs> instead of like having any kind of net spend. So whatever, that's their problem, not ours. Uh, Chelsea in great form uh, as it stands, still undefeated under Graham Potter. Uh, we've got to see three wins in a row, four out of our last five, which is good. But obviously, like I said, we had to look ahead. We got Milan on Tuesday on the road, and then we head up to Birmingham for Villa, the London is blue slash Matla Derby, if we may. Mm, big. It's a big week for us. Matt Matt might take the week off next week. <laughs> yeah, we have to confirm whether he's coming on the show right now. This is us confirming, Matt. Are you? Can you just DM us or something? <laughs> We're putting out a smoke signal, buddy. Um what one last note, and I just want to call this out because you're going to start seeing some movement in the podcast feed uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks. We are moving the Blue Royalty Show, which is all about the Chelsea women, to its own feed, and so we're going to post in Woo! both That's exciting. This, it's exciting this feed and and their new feed just to get people acclimated to the change. But um, please, you know, as soon as that feed is available. Please pour over there, subscribe, rate, review, help us get that thing off to a fast start. We, we'll put it all over social. We'll put it in every episode that you will have over the next few weeks. But it would really mean a lot to me, and I know it would mean a lot to Jesse and Abdullah and the other characters who are going to be on that show this year. So uh, just a, a programming note that we are, we're making moves, people. We're doing big shit. Yeah, look, the women's show needs to go out on a Monday post-match just like we do at the men's show. And so we are, you know, working hard in the background to make that happen and give them the 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 air space that they need uh, to survive and thrive. Yep. So, yeah, we'll look, there's a lot happening this season. You're going to see a lot of stuff out of us. But that is the first big one. More will become about it as we get ready to do that. Um, but again, now you're just going to have another London is blue feed to subscribe to, which is, uh, super exciting. Um, anyways, that's going to wrap us up for that one. Wolves, easy cakewalk, but we're on to Milan, not for a must win, but a must get points match. Uh, we're, we're on to Milan. On to Milan. Nice work. All right. Well, Thank hey, you. another podcast coming at you real quick this week. Make sure to stay subscribed. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Join our Patreon. Get in the Discord. We got a lot of stuff going on. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.